We're starting another week getting a chance to react to a Penn State victory. Penn State 23, Rutgers 7. Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's episode as we get you started with another week talking some Penn State football, and it just feels good to be doing so, getting a chance to talk about another win. Yes, back-to-back wins for Penn State, a team that started the season 0-5 all of a sudden is looking like a much-improved team. Now, say what you will about the level of competition. We get that, but it all goes to show that this Penn State team has not quit on the season. They still have a little bit more work to do before whenever this season is potentially going to end. We'll talk about that all in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, reminding you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. You can also subscribe to this podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and whatever you use to listen to podcasts and whatever you're using today to listen to our episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And then when the episode's over, feel free to go back and leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about today's episode and what you think about the show in general. Your feedback really does help us improve the show, make it something you want to come back to and share with your friends and family. And of course, it just helps us continue to grow across those various podcasting apps. So we appreciate all the support you guys can lend us moving forward. You can also reach out and connect with us in a variety of ways on social media by finding us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the username LockedOnNittany. And don't forget, shortly after Penn State's games go final, we go live on Twitch with our live reaction post-game stream. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the post-game stream audio uploaded for our podcast subscribers, so I apologize for that this weekend, but we will try to make that available for you at some point after the post-game live reaction stream comes to a conclusion. So you have something to listen to on Sunday if you're looking to do some house chores and you need some live reaction to Penn State's latest game. And the last couple of weeks, we've had a chance to react to some wins. So that's been pretty cool. And we're hopefully we're going to be able to do that again this coming weekend as Penn State gets ready to close out the scheduled part of their regular season with a game against Michigan State with the Land Grant Trophy once again on the line. We'll have lots of time this week to talk about Penn State, Michigan State. We're going to try and hook up with a crossover episode with our friends over from Locked on Spartans. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But of course, this is the final game that we know of on the schedule. We don't know what's going to happen next week just yet. I'm hoping that we'll get some information from the Big Ten as early as today. Certainly, sometime this week, the Big Ten needs to figure out exactly What's going to happen next week with the schedule? Of course, the Big Ten Championship game is still scheduled to go on. Northwestern has booked their ticket to that game as the Big Ten West Division champion. Even though Iowa can still end the regular season with more wins than the Northwestern, uh, that's just one of the crazy flukes that we have now with the cancellation of games and uh, the fact that Northwestern, win percentage-wise, has the edge on Iowa. Not to mention a head-to-head tiebreaker, uh, but Northwestern is going to be playing in that Big Ten championship game, barring any unforeseen circumstances within their program. Who they play is still kind of left uh, to be determined. Ohio State is clearly the best team in the Big Ten, so the only undefeated team in the Big Ten East, and should be going to the Big Ten championship game as far as I'm concerned. However, we are now in a situation now where Ohio State could fall one game shy of the minimum number of games required by the Big Ten 
to play in the Big Ten Championship game, which of course would open the door wide open for the Indiana Hoosiers, who had another impressive victory on the road against Wisconsin with their backup quarterback. Of course, Michael Penix Jr. done for the year. Jack Tuttle steps in and he helps keep the Indiana offense just productive enough to get a hard-fought win against a Wisconsin Badgers team that offensively looked inept once again. And Indiana's defense, credit to them for all the work that they've been doing. Tom Allen, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I know we should be talking about Penn State Rutgers right now, but I'm just going to go through my Big Ten recap right now. Tom Allen is your head coach of the year in the Big Ten. You know, Say what you will about Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Kudos to him for getting Northwestern back to the Big Ten championship game. Uh, he said a year ago, when things were not going so well for Northwestern, that he was fully confident in Northwestern's chances to be back in the Big Ten championship game. And I know Northwestern's social media team is having fun with that, and deservingly so. Pat Fitzgerald has put together a really solid program with Northwestern. Two times out of the last three years, they will be playing for a Big Ten championship game or playing for a Big Ten championship in the championship game. Meanwhile, Tom Allen, I think, should be your head coach of the year in the Big Ten. And I don't think there's any question about that. You're talking about a team now that has lost just one game. That one game was on the road to Ohio State. And that game... Not necessarily went down to the wire, but that was a really close game. That was a good, hard-fought contest. And to me, Indiana is clearly the second-best team in the Big Ten. I know we weren't really thinking that back when this season started and Indiana celebrated that upset win in Bloomington against Penn State to open up the season. And obviously, things did not go well for Penn State from that point on. And they continue to be going very well for Indiana Indiana's going to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that, to me, is incredible. And I'm already looking at some of the bowl projections. And I'm telling you right now, sign me up for an Indiana versus Coastal Carolina bowl game. I know it kind of stinks to have a couple of, I'm going to say Cinderella. I don't, don't want to use that as a term of disrespect for what Indiana is doing or certainly what Coastal Carolina is doing. But that's the kind of vibe I think a lot of people get when you see what Indiana is doing this season and what Coastal Carolina did. Big win for Coastal Carolina against BYU. This previous weekend, sorry, I can't speak right now, uh, but I do think that in Indiana, Coastal Carolina, New Year's Six Bowl matchup, that is 2020 in a nutshell. Meanwhile, Penn State still looking like they could potentially finish as high as third place in the Big Ten East. Coming up on our next segment, I'll provide my final thoughts from Penn State's victory against Rutgers. I have a number of positive things to say about this game. A couple of concerns, but overall, very happy with the result because I feel like for the second week in a row, we saw a good full team effort from start to finish uh, against our opponent on the road uh, against a team that I thought was going to give them a little bit more trouble. Talk a little bit about that more in our second segment of today's episode. Before we get to that, though, I want to make sure that you guys are doing everything you need to do to keep that chill factor going strong. I know this Penn State season is certainly starting to look a little bit better as the season goes along. Maybe you've got a little bit more reason to relax, and it's always enjoyable to be able to get through a hard working week. Uh, hopefully, you're getting a chance to work during the week, and you know by the time the weekend comes around, you just want to sit back, relax, watch Penn State, hopefully win another football game. They'll be going for three in a row this weekend. And of course, what better way to do that then on your couch, in front of your big screen TV, with some nice, cool, refreshing cores Light by your hand, with the remote in the other, so you can check out some of the other games that are going on. But Coors Light is the beer that you have to be having because it is literally made to chill. Why do I say that? It's because it's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. And again, who wants to have a room temperature beer, right? There's nothing less enjoyable than a room temperature beer. That's why you want to have one fresh out of the cooler, fresh out of the fridge, whatever your situation may be. 
It's almost like you're sipping something straight from the Colorado Rockies. Again, perfect for the moment to unwind. And who doesn't deserve a time to unwind, especially during this year and especially during this busy holiday season. You want to make sure you get those moments to chill as well. So Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And right now, you don't even have to leave your house to get a fresh supply of Coors Light in your home. All you have to do is load it up on your phone. Go to get.coorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. As always, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up tomorrow will be our Twitter Tuesday episode of the podcast. This is when we field all of your questions and comments that you submit to us on our Twitter account at Locked on Nittany. But if you want to be a part of tomorrow's podcast, make sure you send in your questions and your comments right now. So if you're not following us already on Twitter at Locked on Nittany, make sure to do that as well. And then send us your questions. We always check our replies before we go ahead record on this episode. So if you have questions that you want to have guaranteed to be answered in tomorrow's podcast, send them our way. You can talk about Penn State. You can talk about the Big Ten, college football in general, any other observations. If you want to dig into some retro video gaming or some classic movies and classic uh, TVs, 80s comedies, whatever the case is, everything is on the table on Twitter Tuesday. So make sure you send in your questions today so we can talk about them in tomorrow's episode, our Twitter Tuesday episode of Locked On Nittany Lines. A week after clearly playing the best all-around team game that we've seen from Penn State in 2020 with their victory on the road against Michigan, they were once again on the road and they started off the game very strongly on offense and on defense. Obviously, Penn State didn't score a whole ton of points, but having a 17-0 lead going into halftime against a Rutgers team that I have seen this season put up some pretty good battles. And I certainly felt as though Rutgers was equipped enough to give Penn State some trouble, especially on defense, because I wasn't sure if Penn State's defense had really solved all of their issues from the season. Now, maybe there's some truth to the fact that Penn State is getting a chance to close out this portion of the regular season against some of the weaker opponents on their schedule. You know, say what you will about Michigan and their history, but this has not been a good year for Michigan. And Rutgers, while they have been a much improved team over a year ago, this is still a Rutgers team that is going into this weekend with two wins on their schedule. So th- there's lots of room for improvement at Michigan, plenty of room for improvement at Rutgers. And again, that's probably going to be the same case for this game coming up this weekend against Michigan State. Michigan State has had a lousy season, but they've got wins against Northwestern and Michigan, which uh, they will not be shy about bragging about, deservedly so. So if I felt as though Rutgers was going to pull out some trick plays that kind of catch Penn State's defense napping at times and for the most part, I thought Penn State's defense was prepared for that. I and mean, we saw that uh, a couple times that it looked like Rutgers was about to unfold, uh, you know, kind of a double reverse kind of play, you know, have somebody uh, that's not the quarterback, maybe throw a pass. Penn State was ready for it. They snuffed it out. They did not uh, act surprised when they saw some kind of formations out there. So kudos to Penn State's defense for being well prepared for what Rutgers was going to throw. And Rutgers was going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Penn State. Maybe even the kitchen sink, the way things have been going this season. You go back a few weeks when you saw Rutgers against Ohio State, Rutgers was throwing out trick plays left and right. And I felt like that was going to be one of the things that is going to have to be done for Rutgers in order to give Penn State a, a really good run here. And for their to their credit, you know, Penn State's defense for pretty much the entire game was pretty much locked in. Now, there, there was the one touchdown that Rutgers scored. Uh, it was a fourth down pass, um, Noah Verdell, Vedrill, uh, just kind of throwing the ball up as a prayer on fourth down. Really nothing to lose uh, in that spot of the field. 
Uh, maybe some poor coverage by Penn State. And you would have liked to have seen somebody maybe get up there and get a hand on it just to knock it down. But uh, obviously, a uh, terrific effort, I would say, by Mo Melton to uh, come down with that football. Obviously, he timed it perfectly, uh, figured out exactly where he needed to be height-wise, and to time just jumped perfectly to come down with the catch. So I'll give Rutgers uh, and certainly Bo Melton a lot of credit for being able to come down with that play. But that was really it for Rutgers. You know, there were a couple plays here and there where they looked like they found something to work with, but Penn State's defense was on top of their game uh, and really shut down Rutgers' opportunities to do some things. Because this is a Rutgers team that, well, yeah, they only have the two wins. They've put up some good number of points uh, throughout the season. I mean, I'm looking at, at their schedule right now, and if you go through their schedule, they scored 38 points in the opener against Michigan State, scored 21 against Indiana, scored 27 against Ohio State, uh, scored 20 against Illinois, 42 against Michigan in an overtime game. Uh, scored 37 last week against Purdue. So there's seven points that they scored this weekend against Penn State. That's the fewest they've scored by a landslide this season. So I, I don't think that you can just say that Rutgers stinks and Penn State was supposed to do this to him because nobody's been doing this to Rutgers this year. So I think that this was a really good game for Penn State's defense. And I, I certainly am not going to take anything away from that. There were a couple lapses maybe in the second half where you thought that Penn State's defense was starting to show their cracks a little bit. But uh, honestly, I feel like they, uh, they they responded pretty well. So I really can't take anything away from that. Uh, Jesse Lucida with 10 tackles in the game, so six solo tackles, uh, a tackle for a loss. Joey Porter Jr. had some really good moments too, another tackle for a loss. Uh, pass deflections were a pretty big key. We saw Jaquan Brisker with a deflection. Jonathan Sutherland with a uh, tipping the pass and Dick Von Harley uh, got a number of players that were getting their hands on passes. And that that's one of the keys to uh, playing some good pass defense. It's not just necessarily covering your guy, but getting those hands up and breaking up those pass opportunities, either at the line or in the middle of the field, break down those opportunities for Rutgers to score some big plays through, through the air. And that's certainly what we did. We saw out of Penn state, Brandon Smith, uh, not a whole lot going on in the, uh, the box score, same with Jason Oway, but you saw some really good moments out of those guys, and I feel like you had to see that coming in. Uh, Lamont Wade had some good moments as well. So uh, P.J. Mustafer had some really good uh, moments in the middle of the line too. So there were some good developments, I think, from this Penn State defense. But as far as the offense is concerned, you know, certainly got off to a good solid start. Again, nothing overly impressive. Uh, 248 running yards as a team. Kevon Lee leading the way of 95 rushing yards. 31 of those came on a very key uh, run deep in their own end uh, when Rutgers was hoping to play a field position game. Uh, Kevon Lee breaks open for a 31-yard run down the sideline. Uh, really kind of flipped the field a little bit. Really helped Penn State out a bit. Uh, but Kevon Lee certainly is going to be one of the guys that we're going to see for however long this season continues. Again, still kind of a question in mind as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk about that a little bit more in our next segment. But I do think that we're seeing Kevon Lee really break out as a guy that's going to be a really key factor in this running game in 2021. Devin Ford, obviously, back in the lineup as well. Uh, he was available uh, after missing last week's game. He got 65 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, really had a really nice touchdown run in that, what was it, second quarter, I believe it was. And uh, it was good to see him back. Did have a couple fumbles, only lost one. So, uh, you know, still a little bit of a concern, I think, moving forward. But I, I have no real issues with Penn State's running game against Rutgers. Probably would have liked to see a little bit more, actually, uh, from the running backs rather than uh, relying on Will Levis. Will Levis carried the football 17 times 
Got 65 yards, got some good conversions along the way, but I just feel like that that's too many rushing attempts for your your other quarterback not named Sean Clifford. And Sean Clifford, he carries 21 yards too, so obviously he can do some things. Sean Clifford, I thought, had a good game. You know, certainly nothing overly impressive as far as the box score is concerned. Very low QBR if you're into that. Uh, one touchdown, which was a really nice pass to Parker Washington. I thought that was the most authoritative pass we've seen from, from Sean Clifford all year. Found this guy streaking to an outside lane and really took advantage of that very quickly. <laughs> Laser beam pass to Parker Washington, who easily went in for a touchdown. Uh, really, uh, really helped Penn State out in that moment. Uh, but Sean Clifford, 15-22, 133 yards. Again, nothing overly impressive. Didn't need to be. Uh, certainly not against this opponent. Now, very curious to see what will happen next week against Michigan State. But I think Sean Clifford, for the second straight week, uh, had a pretty solid game. And, yeah, he had the one interception. But I'm not going to really blame him too much for that. I mean, interceptions will happen. It wasn't one that certainly cost Penn State. Didn't lead directly to any points scored by the Rutgers defense, as we have seen a couple times this year. And I, I feel like Sean Clifford continues to have some confidence going for him. And that is going to do Penn State very well coming into this final game, final games, who knows what's going to happen. But I've got some questions about what's going to happen with the rest of the season. Let's talk about that coming up in our next segment. Well, I don't know about you guys, but if you're like me and probably millions of Americans out there, this is a very difficult time when it comes to sticking to some sort of a diet. We're coming off of Thanksgiving, and you know that I eat a, like a glutton on Thanksgiving, and it transitions right into the holiday season, which means cookies and other sweets and other treats and other things I probably shouldn't be eating as much as I frequently do. That's why it is very important to find ways to stick to your diet if you're looking to lose or maintain weight this holiday season. You should be checking out Built Bars. That's right. They are the protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar. It's going to help fill you up. It's going to help you feel good. It's going to help you feel a little bit energized. And you're not going to have any regrets about what you're putting into your body. Despite what some of the flavors are, I mean, they sound sweet. They sound a little extra sweet, if you know what I mean. Uh, like caramel brownie or lemon almond cheesecake or peanut butter brownie, the salted caramel, the mint brownie. There's a lot of brownie flavors now that I'm looking at this list of flavors here. But it doesn't matter. These sound like they're going to tip you over the scale a little bit but no they are designed to make sure that they are a part of any person's diet whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight this year or going into next year it's never too early to start those new year's resolutions right built bar is going to be there to be a part of the staple of your diet as you continue to move forward with that effort Built Bars, they're great for the health-conscious person. Again, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. That means that they're not going to put on the extra pounds that you're looking for, and you're still going to feel good. You're still going to feel energized. It's going to help your body being in good shape moving forward. So if you want to check out everything that they have to offer, highly advise you to do so. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And best part yet, while supplies last, they will throw in a free cooler with your purchase. Again, while supplies last. And take it from me, all you want to do is get some Built Bars, put some in your fridge, and then when you pack up your lunch to when you're going to work the next day or maybe you're heading to the gym, Throw it in that cooler, take it with you. You're going to have a nice, cool, refreshing treat. It's going to help you feel good as well. And again, you're not going to regret this. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, save 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And while supplies last, get that free cooler with every purchase. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including Locked On Sixers, 
Locked On Lakers, Locked On Knicks. We've got all of your favorite NBA teams covered, so make sure you check them out. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, while you're at it, subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions for ongoing Penn State commentary as well. There has been a lot of discussion over the course of the past week about what the Big Ten is potentially going to do with the status of its Big Ten championship game situation. I mentioned earlier in this podcast that Northwestern has already been officially announced by the Big Ten office that they will represent the Big Ten West division in the Big Ten championship game. The big question is, what's going to happen with Ohio State? Now, the it's the reason this is a question is because Michigan is currently undergoing a little bit of a COVID outbreak situation within their program. Uh, after their game against Penn state, they were forced to shut things down. They did not play this past weekend. And now there is some serious doubt about whether or not they're going to be able to play this upcoming weekend game against Ohio state. Now, obviously Michigan and Ohio state want to do everything they can to play this game. Uh, but it's very interesting because every team in the big 10 that has had to shut down their football program due to a COVID situation has missed a minimum of two games until last weekend. Ohio state actually took one week off and got back on the field last weekend against Michigan state. However, by the rules that were put in place by the big 10 going into this adjusted season, Ohio state may have to play one more game just to qualify for the big 10 championship game. Now, Barry Alvarez, athletics director at uh, Wisconsin, made some noise recently by suggesting that the Big Ten would probably have to look at reviewing its policy in order to help protect Ohio State as they are looking to make a push for the college football playoff. And I get it. We've talked about it before. I think it would be a bad look for the Big Ten to go out of their way to make it possible for Ohio State to play in the Big Ten championship game when everybody is playing by the same rules all season long. And that would really be a shame for a program like Indiana, who, again, doesn't deserve to be there because they lost to Ohio State. And Ohio State is the only undefeated team in the Big Ten East. So I feel like they should be in the Big Ten championship game. But can you really justify adjusting your policies that everybody has been playing by the entire season just to cater to Ohio State and their playoff chances? Personally, I don't think Ohio State needs to play in the Big Ten championship game. They just need to play one more game. I think in the eyes of the selection committee, and I've talked a little bit about this on the Locked On College Football podcast on the Thursday episodes, which I co-host with Matt Moscona from Locked On LSU. We had a really good conversation about this last week. So if you want to go back and check it out, I highly advise you to do so. And Matt was a little bit stern on the idea that Ohio State absolutely needs to play in the Big Ten championship game in order to, as he said, qualify for the college football playoff. I'm a little on the other side. I don't think they need to do that. If Ohio State still plays another game, whether it's a Big Ten championship game or a crossover matchup against some other team from the Big Ten West, and if it's not going to be Northwestern, then you know, I guess it would be Wisconsin would be next in line, or maybe it would be Iowa. Actually, I think Iowa would be second place. So you set up a matchup between Ohio State and Iowa. Ohio State still gets an opportunity against a top 25 team to showcase what they're all about. And honestly, I don't know if it matters who Ohio State plays. I feel like Ohio State has already proven that they are clearly one of the four best teams in college football this season. And that's why, in my mind, I don't even know if they need to play another game. I would be okay sending them to the college football playoff without having played another game, just because I do feel strongly that they are one of the four best teams in the country. 
However, I understand the argument that it probably matters about how many games you've played. And at some point that has to be coming into the conversation a little bit. I don't know what the selection committee is going to do. All I do know is given the number of games that have been played so far, we'll see what happens tomorrow night with the updated rankings. But so far, this selection committee has viewed Ohio State as one of the four best teams in the country. I don't see that changing. Certainly after this performance uh, this weekend against Michigan State, I feel like Ohio State has proven that they are one of the four best teams. So I don't know where everybody falls in this conversation, but I would be a little irked if the Big Ten went out of the way to allow Ohio State a chance to play in the Big Ten championship game if they don't play this weekend against Michigan. And I think that that would be a problem, probably just a short-term problem. I think everybody will get along just fine moving forward as as well as they possibly can. But it would look a little strange to for the Big Ten to cater to Ohio State's uh, you know, pursuits of a college football playoff uh, championship, whereas earlier in the year they said no to Nebraska playing out-of-conference games when they were trying to make up some games as well. So. It's a little strange to me. I definitely feel like that would not be perceived very well throughout most of the Big Ten. But I sort of get it at the same time because getting a team in the college football playoff by any means necessary does come with a nice financial reward for the entire conference. So I understand the pressure to make sure that that's a possibility. But my big question is what's going to happen with the rest of the Big Ten championship weekend? Because as far as we knew, coming into this 2020 Big Ten season, once it was adjusted for the final time, the idea was we're going to get the Big Ten Championship game, but we're also going to get a full slate of crossover games pairing teams up based on the division standings. I don't really know what's going to happen now because I'm looking at this and I feel like this would be a great opportunity to allow Wisconsin and Minnesota to play a makeup game because they weren't able to play their rivalry game this year. I would much rather see a Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry game as opposed to a Wisconsin versus Indiana or Wisconsin or Minnesota versus Penn State matchup in the final weekend of the season. And I say that because Penn State could very well finish third place in the Big Ten East, believe it or not. But I think we're at a time now where the Big Ten has to come out and address this situation. What's going to happen, not this coming weekend, because we have the final scheduled weekend of Big Ten play, but what's going to happen the weekend after? Teams need to know exactly what they're preparing for as far as travel arrangements are concerned. Are we playing these games on neutral fields? Are we going to be playing alternating back and forth between home and away uh, situations? Who's going to get those home games? Who's going to have to make the road trips? There's a lot to figure out. And obviously, it may depend on the results of this upcoming weekend's games that are played. So I, I can understand why there might be some slight hesitation. But can we at least get an outline for what we're expecting next week? I feel like the Big Ten has been putting this off for as long as they possibly can. But now it's really crunch time to make those decisions final and really kind of lay the groundwork for exactly what's supposed to unfold next weekend. Now, if teams don't want to play those games or if teams can't play those games for whatever reason, let them back out if they want. And I understand that that probably comes at the expense of some of the other teams that could potentially play. But figure out exactly who's going to play, who wants to play. Is it worth the effort to play? Uh, because obviously bowl game situations are a little bit different this year. You don't necessarily have to win a certain number of games. Uh, but I do think that there is some justification to a team like Penn State getting an extra chance to play one of those games if possible. So who's going to be playing Penn State? Is Penn State going to be playing? Uh, is there a chance? Because the reason it's important for Penn State uh, in the grand scheme of things, they have a chance to finish this season with a 500 record. And I know that that's not going to impress a lot of people when you look back on it in the grand scheme of things. But this team started 0-5. And if they can get that one extra game in the Big Ten schedule and get themselves into a bowl game situation, you have a possibility of going 5-5. Five and five. And that can be huge for this program because 
first of all, it keeps the losing streak or the losing season streak intact of not having one since what 2004. And that, considering how the season has gone, that would be a huge win, I think, for James Franklin and the entire program. But we still are, you know, in the, going into the middle of December, pretty much, and we are still getting a lack of communication and information directly from the Big Ten. And that is a problem. That is a major problem, especially this year, because we have been talking about the PR nightmare that the Big Ten had and really is responsible for themselves from the start of this whole mess with the schedule. And now we're getting in the crunch time where we don't know what's going to happen next week. That's ridiculous. And I think that now is as good of a time as any for the Big Ten to come out and address it and figure out exactly what they're going to do, what they want to do, and how it's going to be done. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day today. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you subscribe on all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what you think about the podcast, what you think about this episode, and any feedback, any questions you have. You can reach out to us at any time on our social media accounts at Locked on Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Check out my college football and Big Ten work on athlonsports.com. And don't forget to check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And until tomorrow, guys, tomorrow will be Twitter Tuesday, so make sure you send in your questions. And until then, have a great Monday. Get your week started off on the right foot. Go 1-0 today, and let's do it all again tomorrow. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow.